Welcome to the interview chair. My name is Jimmy Casas and I am your host. Are you an educator who is currently feeling overwhelmed, exhausted, or wondering if you can continue to do this work? Visualize yourself back in the interview chair. You are genuine, sincere, and full of passion. You convinced the group of people that you were the best person for the job and you believed it. That is the real you. Thank you for joining me as I take you back to the interview chair to remind you of why you wanted to become an educator. Welcome to episode 26 of the interview chair, learning about our staff and colleagues. Hey, listen, first, let me apologize for my tardiness in getting out this podcast this week, but fortunately, I have a really good excuse. I got married, and she's amazing, and she's beautiful, and I love her to death. The lovely Keila Dunkerley is now my wife, and so I'm super jazzed about that. So again, I am sorry I wasn't able to get the podcast, but I was just a little busy this weekend. So I hope you'll forgive me, and I hope that you'll enjoy today's episode. So last week, I had a chance to talk a little bit about this idea that I had about putting out this three-part series. And we kicked off last week's podcast on a, on a session or an episode titled Learning For and With Others. And so today, I want to circle back and kick off the first of that three-part series, which we're going to focus today on learning about our staff. And then next week, I'll come back and talk about what it means to learn for our colleagues and then finish up with learning from our colleagues. And so I hope you enjoy today's episode. So thank you again for following along. Hey, listen. Early on in my career as a principal, I learned a valuable lesson regarding the importance of getting to know my staff. I had started working at a new school, and I had a teacher who would walk out of the building as soon as the final bell sounded. On more than one occasion, I witnessed this teacher move at a fast enough pace that at times she actually would beat the students to their cars and out of the parking lot. And for months, I thought less of her, wondering why she wasn't more committed to working with students after school. And honestly, I grew increasingly frustrated when she avoided collaborating with her colleagues or told parents she could only meet with them before school. Admittedly, I had grown weary of her behavior and what I considered a refusal to dedicate the same amount of time as her peers. Moreover, those same colleagues shared the same frustrations with me privately and they began to resent her for it. And then one day it all came to a head when I learned that she had called in sick on the day we were hosting parent conferences. I remember not being happy with her and asking my secretary to schedule an appointment the next day so I could share my disappointment and address her attendance once and for all. I gathered my data, complete with dates and the number of times she had left early from work and printed it out for her. I had already made the decision that I would give her a verbal warning and revisit my expectations in terms of her commitment to her job as well as her colleagues. And as the conversation progressed, I could see that she was visibly upset. And as her eyes teared up, I remember thinking to myself that hopefully my pointed discussion with her had taught her a valuable lesson about commitment to her students, her parents, and her colleagues. And as I summarized the conversation, I shared with her that I would be noting this conversation in her evaluation as an area of improvement moving forward 
and the repercussions for not adhering to my expectations. And then I gave her an opportunity to respond. I will never forget what followed next. In a model of professionalism, she apologized and shared with me that she felt terrible for creating a burden for me and her colleagues. She thanked me for taking time out of my busy schedule and stated that she understood my expectations and indicated she would no longer cause any issues moving forward. I thanked her for the manner in which she handled the conversation and then asked her if she wouldn't mind just sharing with me why was she unwilling to put in the time after school like her colleagues. And she looked at me and stated, Mr. Casas, it's not that I'm unwilling to do that. In fact, it is one of the things that brings me the greatest joys. What? I thought to myself. Now, I wasn't expecting that response. Then she said, it's just that my mother requires 24-7 care. And my siblings all live too far away to help. So I am the one who takes care of her. My father passed away seven years ago, so it's just me and mom now. Four nights a week, I drive her to get dialysis, which is an hour and a half away. So that is why I'm no longer able to commit to staying after school. And if I could, I would. But unfortunately, mom requires a lot of assistance and the cost for home care is just too great and I cannot afford it on my teaching salary. And just like that, I slumped back in my chair and wished that I could go hide. Could I really be that horrible of a person, I thought to myself. Now that conversation transpired more than 20 years ago, my friends. But I'm telling you, it still serves as a reminder of the importance of getting to know others on a more personal level. And looking back, there are so many things I did wrong in the way I handled that conversation. But that is for another day. For now, I want to focus on one thing and one thing only. Why is it so important that we take time to learn as much as we can about those who work with us and for us? It is embarrassing to share that story with you. But I do so in hopes that it will not only help you avoid the same critical mistakes that I made, but that it will also, more importantly, serve as a reminder of the importance of taking time to get to know those stories that each member of your organization brings into the building each day. So let's go back to the interview chair just for a moment. I can't even imagine responding to a scenario like this by saying to them that I would bring someone in and basically just have this data and documentation and use it against them. It was truly a gotcha moment. There was no doubt about that. But part of it was I also let it build up. I mean, she had been behaving this way for a period of time and rather than address it immediately, well, I chose to ignore it and eventually it got to a, a point that I basically just couldn't deal with it anymore. And then my reaction was a little bit over the top in hindsight. So in earlier episodes, I've talked about a framework for having to managing or how to manage a complex conversation. This is a great opportunity. Imagine if I had had that framework, a framework that I talk a lot about and recalibrate and how to manage these complex conversations. Because again, there really aren't courses in principal school that really teaches us how to do these things. And I'm not a proponent to say, oh, you should use my frameworks, but it's not that. It's about understanding that, yes, frameworks help us. Uh, 
they help us slow down and pause and reflect and not get us emotional and make sure that we don't overreact. They protect us. And I've shared this in other episodes. And so it's a reminder again, just to kind of go back and revisit that. But imagine if I was in the interview and asked that question today, oh, I would manage that conversation a lot differently. And not only the conversation, but hopefully my behavior would mirror my words. So it might sound something like this. I might say, well, hey, listen, first of all, I believe that, you know, every teacher wants to be great. You know, what I would do is find out and try to understand why this person is not staying after school and willing to help students and meet with their teammates and those types of things. But if I was named principal here, well, the first thing I would do is, well, I'd probably go just do like a wellness check. I just go check on her, see how she's doing, tell her I'm worried about it, make sure everything's okay, see if there's anything she's needed. Hopefully, I've invested time in her to understand if I had done that on the front end and had any type of relationship with her, I probably would have already known that and it wouldn't have been an issue. But because I hadn't done that or if we don't do that, these are the types of results we get. And if she would have shared that story with me or any other reasons, well, of course, I will have validated that. And there's no doubt that I would have asked a lot of questions and been very curious, but more from an empathetic and compassionate approach, right? And then, yes, of course, we have to have expectations. But once I get to know the story, I can soften those expectations and do it more in a supportive way. And then, yes, always give time people to process the information they've been given. And then last but not least, always circle back, which is a great culture builder, my friends, and it's a great reminder. Yep, I often think about why can I just be that person who I was in the interview chair? And that's what I strive to do every day. And that's why I focus on the interview chair because I do think it is the best version of us. So I hope by sharing this experience with you, it causes you to pause and reminds all of us that each member of our organization not only has a story, but they also bring a certain disposition, personality, talents, strengths, skills, and attributes that make up who they are. In addition, they carry with them certain fears and anxieties and hopes and dreams and of what they want to accomplish and what they hope to become. So begin to ask yourself this question, when it comes to those with whom you work, what do you really know about them? More importantly, what will, you be, what will you do moving forward to truly get to know them on a more personal level? People, this is all about growing and evolving to become the best versions of us. So if you've made some mistakes, don't beat yourself up. Give yourself a little bit of grace. I don't care. What are you going to do now moving forward? Especially after hearing this, hopefully, podcast and listening to this reminder. This is important for so many reasons, but none more important than using the information to help put the individuals on your team and the rest of your staff in a position to be successful. So here are just a few examples of some questions to help you get started. Number one, if you were to brag on a colleague, what is one thing you would say to that person that they bring to the team that makes our school better? Right? Who's the person you'd brag on? So that's a question we could ask in a, a, one of our colleagues. Number two, what are three expectations you have of others on our staff? And what expectations do you have of yourself? Number three, what is one thing you have been wanting to do, but the fear of failure has been holding you back? Number four, what is one way in which you see yourself as a leader in our school? Number five, what is one practice that you learn from someone else that you believe makes you a better educator and or person? It can be any types of questions. It's about investing time in people. 
but you could use this information that we learn from spending time getting to know our staff to drive discussions about where they best fit, what they can offer, what supports they need, and how they can support others in the organization to help them become the best versions of themselves. In other words, use what you learn from investing in others to help you multiply the talents in your school and cultivate a culture where everyone on the staff seeks to help one another achieve success. Now that, my friends, is a great culture. So yeah, my friends, it's time to recalibrate. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast, and I hope that you will join me each week as I take you back to the interview chair, because I know this, that when you sat in that interview chair, that, my friends, was the best version of you. Be sure to check out my website at jimmycostas.com backslash the interview chair for links, resources, and show notes. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Casas underscore Jimmy. If you enjoyed today's show from the interview chair, subscribe to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast to ensure you never miss an episode.